0: Welcome to The Slow Way, a podcast about the slow goodness of pursuing a sacred love that transforms everything, including you and me. I'm Micah Boyette, and I'm a recovering frantic one, learning the goodness of rest, of prayer, and the miracle of going slow in a world that tells us our worth is found only in our speed, success, or power. In the story we tell ourselves, life feels outside of us, something we're desperately chasing. But in the quiet, I think we know what's real, that the true thing is deep down underneath the surface where love lives. And sometimes we just have to stop long enough to notice. I'm grateful you're here, making space to be reminded. This is episode 53. The silencing of women, the yes of God. Let's go the slow way. I was 13 years old the summer after eighth grade when God invited me to be a pastor. That's the phrase I would use now. Then I would have told you. I received a call to ministry. I spent years wondering if that is what really happened that morning, if I made it up, if I understood myself or the voice of God enough to certify any sort of miraculous presence hovering over my awkward, nearly adolescent body, all skinny legs, sitting crisscross on my white and gold day bed on a Tuesday in July. 1993. But eventually, after four years of hesitations, prayers, and replays of the moment in my mind, I stopped asking if it was real and instead asked myself what I was going to do about it. Receiving a call was something that happened to boys and girls differently in the Southern Baptist Church. And I knew that. I knew what God was allowed to say and not allowed to say to me. And whatever it was that God was asking, I believed I had no choice. I had to do what God was telling me to do. 30 years later, I see how many beautiful choices I actually did have. How my invitation was always a lifelong river that could stream out so many different ways. That morning, I was reading the Bible, even then fascinated by the stories, the possibilities of a God who shows up in the mess of the human experience and makes something beautiful of our quick and wild lives. I was reading in Genesis, that early story of Isaac and Rebecca, the woman chosen by Isaac's servant, and by God apparently, based on how she showed up at the right place, at the right time, and was willing to get water for some thirsty camels, to leave her family and all she had known to marry a man in another country in order to propel the story of God. When given the opportunity, Rebecca says, yes. Yes. That word swelled inside me all on its own, as if it wasn't of my own doing as if the keeper of my heart were stretching it to move beyond its small knowing, so wide it might burst out of my body. Yes. I was only 13. What did I know about a heart bursting open? What did I know about the spirit undoing my plans and giving me new ones? Would you say yes? The swelling word asked me. If you had to leave everything and everyone you knew, would you say yes, simply because I asked you? This week, the Southern Baptist Convention voted to expel any churches with female pastors from its communion, as well as expanding further restrictions on women in church leadership. This probably didn't come as a shock to most of us who chose to leave the Southern Baptist Church over the past 20 or so years. And still, there are plenty of women like me who left the denomination long ago, before its embrace of Trumpism, before its disclosure of decades of covered up sexual abuse, who are finding this last grasp of fundamentalist interpretation of scripture and its silencing of women's voices deeply troubling. I am watching from the sidelines, holding tenderness for my 13-year-old self and all she dreamed of being, all the yeses God invited her to hold, all the no's her church insisted were her birthright. Some people leave the denomination of their childhood and move along to new ways of worship with very little loss. I haven't been that person. I have grieved the loss of my childhood church. I have worked through the trauma of that loss in therapy. I've come to realize that my gifts and my callings could never be in line with the brand of Christianity passed down through the culture of my religious tradition. I didn't know this until my 30s, but this is the truth. I left the Southern Baptist Church because when I was 13, God asked me if I would leave, and I said yes. I spent the past three years researching and writing a book on the Beatitudes. I did this without a seminary degree. I used a seminary library that I'm grateful my part-time job in ministry made more easily available to me. I found books, made notes, read footnotes, and bought the books by authors in the footnotes, This has been how I've always given myself a theological education. And maybe someday I'll go to seminary for real. But I think about the years that I could have done such a thing and what it would have been like to have shown up as a boy with my gifts in a church. My love for speaking and teaching, my love for scripture, my sense of a calling to ministry, I would have been sent to seminary by my home church. I would have been prayed for. I would have been given a scholarship. I know these things. I think about them still because I would have loved to have been a pastor. And I believe God invited me to be a pastor. I was 22 and on my way to study for the month in Kenya and South Africa for a graduate course with one of the Bible professors at Hardin-Simmons University, where I had completed my undergrad, a Southern Baptist school with a then-thriving seminary. It's since been shut down by conservative donors, as have many Baptist higher learning institutions deemed too liberal in the past several years. I would be moving to the Northeast for graduate school in just two months to study creative writing, and I was telling my professor's wife, who I deeply admired, that I wasn't planning to stay in the Baptist church. We need women like you, Micah, she said, who can push back on traditional teaching around women in leadership. Please stay, you can be a voice. I didn't. I think of that sometimes when I recite the liturgy in my ecumenical church, more influenced by the Episcopal tradition than anything I grew up with. I think about how far my children's experience of church and theology is from what I knew in my childhood. And I think about that other life, the one where I came to my youth leader, my heart still racing, filled with the Holy Spirit's yes in me and my yes in return. Lord, I had prayed, I'm afraid. I don't know if I could do it, if I could leave everything and everyone and go where you want me to go but if you want me to do it, help me be brave. Maybe in another world, I would have been acknowledged as uniquely gifted for the service of the church. Maybe I could have been seen as more than a good pastor's wife, a nice single missionary, a pleasant children's director. But I had to leave to find out that the yes the Spirit whispered in me was louder than any interpretation of scripture, Any oppressive resistance toward my leadership and any quieting of God's voice inside me. And today, my anger and hurt and frustration that the community of believers that loved me and taught me to sing the hymns I still hum to the plants in my garden are taking more steps to silence the little girls in their pews. I'm grateful to be reminded that God's yes can't be silenced. In fact, wasn't it Paul, the same apostle whose words about female silence are used to keep women sidelined, who also said that in Christ there is neither, quote, Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free, end quote. And wasn't it Paul who said that in Christ, every one of God's promises is yes. For all of the silenced, all of the rejected, all of those who could have been. And for the little girls, the LGBTQ plus teens, and all the restless doubters striving to find faith in a church that refuses to acknowledge God's yes in you. Hold on a little longer, love. Let that yes grow a little wider. There is no stopping the Spirit of God No church policy, no abuse cover-up, and no human notions of power can silence the voice of love's yes in you. A slow practice. As Martin Laird reminds us in his book, Into the Silent Land, as he describes why the early Christian contemplatives began practicing the use of a prayer word. Quote, Our bodies may be at the place of prayer, but our minds are usually not where our bodies are, but instead are at a shopping mall, on a beach in Majorca, reliving an argument, fearing the future, regretting the past, any place but here in the present moment. The desert contemplatives saw this mind tripping all too clearly in their own lives and took to heart Jesus' example of refraining from inner dialogue with the afflictive thoughts. Instead of talking to yourself, recite as Jesus did a short phrase from scripture. Today we're going to sit in silence for five minutes. We'll give you space on this podcast for your own practice of five minutes of silence. We'll have some quiet music. And as you sit still or walk, we're going to use two of the tools we've been practicing around here, breathing and using a prayer word. As our time begins, allow yourself to take long, deep breaths. I've mentioned before that box breathing is a helpful way for me to focus on my breath. You can read about it in our show notes. If you're more of a numbers person, and imagining your breaths moving slowly around a box doesn't help you, try a different technique. Just breathe in for six seconds, and breathe out for six seconds. We're going to practice deep breathing for five minutes, and while we do so, I want you to hold your prayer in the center of you. Just one word or phrase, As your mind starts to wonder, just come back to the Word and remember to stretch your breathing out. Your Word is yes, as in 2 Corinthians 1.20, quote, In Christ, every one of God's promises is a yes. If it helps to repeat every one of God's promises is a yes instead of just the word yes, feel free to do so. The point of this exercise is to allow yourself room to sit with the mystery of God's yes in your life. Where is the Spirit offering you freedom and joy? Where is there a door opening that you may have missed before? Where have you been hurt by religion's no's while God has been holding the promise of yes right there for you all along? Give yourself five minutes, friend. Let's sit in silence. Thank Let's close with this prayer. Oh Divine One of the yes, release me from the no's that have tied my heart up and kept my gifts quiet. Lead me into the wide open promises of your limitless
1: love. Amen.
0: Thanks for being here. Choosing a moment of quiet and allowing yourself to be slow here is a way of refusing to conform with the culture around us. Look at us, we're making space for a fuller vision of ourselves and others, making space for wisdom, making space for love. And that friends is no small thing. Big thanks to Jason Boyette for designing our slow weight graphic and the lovely Angelina Marie for editing. If you're interested in more words on the slow way, you can sign up for my newsletter at micaboyette.substack.com. Also, there's a new way to support my work. In addition to my free newsletter at Substack, I'm offering a paid subscription to a twice a month more lighthearted newsletter, The Slow 7, where you can receive a fun descriptive list of seven things I'm thinking about reading or generally delighting in. Find it at micaboyette.substack.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Micah Boyette and find my book found wherever books are sold. As always, if The Slow Way is important to you, it would mean so much if you took the time to share this podcast with a friend or, and this is a big ask, you would take the time to review The Slow Way on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or share it with your friends, especially if you know anyone who might be looking for something gentle and quiet to help them settle into a weekly spiritual practice. Thanks for listening today. I'll be back next week with a new episode of The Slow Way. I hope you'll be here too.